In today's episode, you're in for a real treat. I introduce you to my friends, Tommy and Eddie. We're going to share with you the encouragement we all need to take that next step so that your dream has a chance to live. Dreams happen while others are dreaming. If God has given you a vision that will provide a solution that is needed to a problem in the world, you owe it to your future self to go for it. That's all coming up next, right here on Stop Doubting Your Dream. Stay tuned. If you have a deep-rooted dream you long to pursue but feel held back by self-doubt, the possibility of failure, and the relentless demands of everyday life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer, and I know that taking the leap of faith to make your dream a reality and overcome the seeds of doubt planted by those who say it's too risky can feel overwhelming and discouraging sometimes and cause you to question whether or not your dream is worth pursuing at all. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be an either-or choice. It's possible to pursue your dream without risking your stability or security in the process. And each week on the show, I'm going to show you and give you practical action steps you need to turn your dream into a viable source of income so you can live without regret, reshape your future, and create the meaningful change you want to see in the world, all without leaving your day job. So if you're someone who's ready to stop doubting your dream and start living it, let's dive in. Welcome back. This is episode 76. My special guests today are lifelong friends Tommy and Eddie. Many know them as the skit guys. Dreamers, creators, funny men, leaders, ministers. They have used their resources to encourage, to cheer, to heal, to redirect with great success. This interview took place in the midst of the most uncertain time in our lives. COVID delayed many dreams. Yet in the middle of that great upheaval, I'm grateful to God for those who kept dreaming, who kept acting like the skit guys, who kept acting on their dream, even though it appeared to be the wrong time, even though the results were not guaranteed, sometimes not even evident at all. Enjoy my brothers, Tommy and Eddie, the skit guys. Well, welcome back, fellow dreamers. Very grateful for the time with you today. I'm really excited today to talk with these two guys. I don't know if you know their real names. You might know them as the skit guys, but they do have real names. They have real families and they're real people, Tommy and Eddie. I am so grateful for you joining me today from Oklahoma and Texas, respectively. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk about entrepreneurship, chasing after dreams, and all of the the challenges and joys of that. So without further ado, let me just turn it back over to you guys and just say, why don't you introduce yourselves? My name is Tommy Woodard, and uh, this guy that with me is my best friend in the world. My name is Eddie James, and I live in a little town called Saxe, Texas. And uh, yeah, I, I work out of my house um, when I'm not with this guy traveling, and I uh, probably spent too much time in my house since COVID. So <laughs> never a good thing. Man, yeah, we can all relate to that this last yeah. year. Been really interesting, hasn't it? Let me just start out and talk to me about high school. Give me a, a snapshot of the circumstances that was taking place when the spark of doing dramatic sketches together kind of hit you guys and you thought, hmm, maybe we could do something with this more broadly than just in high school and actually make a living at it. When did that spark happen for you guys? <laughs> you know, the idea of what we do it was never set out to go be, a, you know, a ministry or anything. It was, this is what our friendship is. Our friendship is we are characters, whether we're in the car or somewhere else. And it all just started off with having fun and inadvertently, I think, entertaining our friends on the school bus, Ed. Yeah, yeah, we were, uh, we were buds and, our dream um, was to uh, go be on Saturday Night Live and get our Screen Actors Guild cards and take that little red Chevette from Oklahoma to, to New York and, and, and try to get in there where Mike Myers and Dana Carvey and all these, you know, try to get in there and, 
and do what they're doing and create phrases and catch catch holds that America is saying like that was the dream. And then uh, Tommy that summer did a church thing and I, I wasn't a believer and I was like, okay, get your little church thing out of the way. And then he comes back all serious about church and it's like, oh no, what is, what does this do to the dream? <laughs> I oh, really happened God. to my friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 What happened to my friend? He's possessed um, <laughs> by Jesus. And he came back all serious about church. And, and so that was a big turning point um, to our, to our dream. And then it was, well, he invited me to church on September 17th, 1987. Not that I wanted to go to church. They were having pizza. And so that's, that's what students did, right? That's how you got yeah. them in the door, pizza. But I gave my life to Jesus that night. And our youth minister, basically, we were the guys that would um, make fun of him as he spoke. And so he was like, hey, why don't you use your powers for good instead of evil and do skits every Wednesday night? And that's just like asking a kid with a food addiction if he wants a cookie. Like, yeah. So, so why I'll wouldn't take, we? I'll take more attention. Sure. Yeah, right? please. And so, Jeff, what was so crazy about that time is that that my youth minister handed me these skit books in the 80s. And I'm like, what? You Christians have skits? Oh, wow. This will be better than Saturday Night Live. We'll create our own Saturday Night Live. Wow. Nothing against the trailblazers of the 70s and 80s because skits back then had to fit in because they couldn't give away the songs. No, no musician was going to get worship leader was going to give away any time for music. And no pastor, rightly so, was not going to give away any of their sermon time for a skit. And so all the skits were like this. Hey, Joe, you seem real sad. What's the matter? You need Jesus. Okay, that was a skit. Even though the book was thick, you had about 150 skits in there because all of them, they got to Jesus really quickly, like in the first four sentences. And then there was scripture. You had to get to Jesus and you had to get to scripture super quick. So I was like, as a senior in high school going, well, I don't talk like this. And so we basically stole skits from Saturday Night Live and just made them Christian. And that's really how we got our start. Yeah. And it's really hard to redeem those skits. Really hard. Really hard. So you did that in, was that your senior year then, right? Senior year in high school? Sure was. Yep. Right, Eddie? And your junior yep. year, Tommy? Uh, my my uh, freshman year in college. Oh, your freshman Eddie, year in college. Eddie's okay. senior year in high school. So we did that. Our youth pastor was really great. He would take us places when he'd go speak at a friend's church. Or if he couldn't go, he'd say, I can't go. But I got these two guys who do skits. And so... You know, we did that for a little while, uh, just in Oklahoma and, and in Texas. Then we had the opportunity, both of us went out to California for a summer and uh, worked out there at uh, Saddleback Church for the summer. Um, Eddie stayed there. I came home uh, mm. back to Oklahoma, and uh, we had about seven years there where he was in California and I was in Oklahoma and then in Texas as a youth pastor, both of us working in student ministry. But about once or twice a year, we'd get together. Um, he'd fly to Texas to do a camp. Sometimes I'd fly out to California to do their camp. But other than that, we weren't really doing anything. But in the process, Eddie was doing uh, skits uh, there at Saddleback and was writing and writing and writing. And so he moved to Texas in 97, maybe, Eddie, somewhere around there. And yeah. uh you know, he brought with him just a whole bag of, of you know, great scripts of, of skits that he'd tested. And he out of nowhere, I mean, people just started inviting us to come, uh, you know, do their camp or, you know, do an event or come to their church. And we needed a name. And the concept in the 90s was you got a speaker, a worship leader and some skit guys. And so we were like, well, maybe if they go, we need some skit guys and our name is the skit guys, it'll click, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where the name came from. And, and it really did. Was. Yeah. So yeah, we did, we did that for a while. And then we were going to make a video cassette and a friend of ours was like, Hey, cassettes are dying. You should make a DVD. And we're like, nobody has a DVD player. What are you talking about? But we did, we made a DVD and then uh, we connected with a producer who was able to put our stuff on screen and uh, all of a sudden the internet kicked off and 
we hit that we hit that sweet spot of kind of live events and then the internet growing when it happened and you know and in our mind god used that to catapult us to to where yeah. our ministry's gone yeah and prepare you for pandemics and so forth right i mean yeah wow and that was a whole nother change yeah oh my gosh no doubt and jeff jeff i think it's important too uh with what tommy said just just so people like you know the the thought of Eddie, eddie's over at saddleback just churning out scripts i was i was the youth minister so tommy was a youth minister i was a youth minister so as you as you chase dreams i think it's really important to go we were both youth ministers and keep in mind even in the 90s i remember saying my dream which would be yeah i would love to travel as a and again this this was the verbiage as a drama ministry and maybe put out skit books and maybe and maybe some type of videos now even in the 90s that was so just illogical like yeah and so when you tell that and i learned really early on when you express those dreams people are going to do this mm, 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 mm. but but you're a youth minister you're a youth minister i, I am yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like <laughs> the the dream the dream is crazy talk um yes and so just keep in mind, even churning out those scripts, it really wasn't that. It was Rick Warren on a Thursday, usually around primetime live with Sam Donaldson and, and <laughs> Diane Sawyer. That's when I get the call. You're a pastor. You know how it goes. Oh, my God. So it would be a Thursday night at nine o'clock at night and primetime live is on with Sam Donaldson. And Rick would go, hey, I need a skit. And, I'd be, and I'm not going to say no. Cause still, that's a cookie, right? And so, yeah. and he and needed to skip by Saturday afternoon, right? Like yeah, right. Like we night, need to perform it. We need yeah, to perform Saturday it Saturday afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, exactly. So those dreams are like you're thrown into the fire. It's Saturday morning meeting with two people, and you know at four thirty you got to have something, and it's got to again. Even in the nineties, Rick Ward has a thirty minute message, and it's under point number two, and it's under this point. So. You only got five minutes, even with laughter. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no one's giving up any. Rick Rick Munchow ain't giving up his time. Rick Ward ain't giving up his time. But I want to skit on point number two, and I need you to do it. So yeah. it's just I'm a youth minister. I'm still doing. I'm still loving on students over here and ministering to students. But then I got to run over here to the big room and do a skit, and then run back. That's dreams. That's no matter how exhilarating you get off stage and you go golly i would love to do this with my life no one is asking me to do that with my life it's it's put a cassette in the recorder in the sound booth because there is no script there is none of this it is what tommy and i did in high school back in the youth room going you say this i say this you say this i say this you say this and hopefully we'll have a skit it's improv it's me it's scripture and you throw it all in there and all you have is the cassette i still have those cassettes but that's what turned out to be the website and the internet was all these cassettes and and not me i paid someone to type them all out and then there were scripts so yeah. the dreams take time if that makes any sense oh it makes total sense it takes time there's preparation for what's coming later that you don't you're not even aware of it's just kind of a fuzzy idea and yeah. god prepares you for that moment when you're ready for it right yeah. and the the idea of the the dream i call them dream crushers in my book fear not dream big and execute i talk about dream crushers and uh, i've had plenty of experience as a pastor talking about the dream accelerator and people are like you're doing what <laughs> you're a pastor you don't help people with their dreams. And I'm like, well, I think actually the church should be the best at helping mm. people discover their dreams and use their gifts and skills and help them get to a place where they can launch that. And, and then we can celebrate God's working through people. But there are some people that have never dreamed. And so when they hear you dream, they're just like, boy, you're a youth director. You're supposed to take care of our kids at church. And it, it is, it can take a long time to actually realize and then you're then you're in it and you don't even know that you're in it and it has, yeah. takes a moment to step back and go and i'm sure you guys have had these moments 
when you look back and you're like, good golly, we're doing it. Mm. We're living the dream. What happened? You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Those are those moments when probably one or both of us are complaining about something and we have to stop and go, oh, wait, isn't it great that we have these problems? Like if if we didn't have these problems, we, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and Jeff, I'll, I'll tell you this. And I, I think Tommy and I have always gone like when we were youth ministers, we would get the flyers mm-hmm. at your desk, you know, and it was usually a drama guy. And like we just swore in the very early stages of the 90s, we are not going to send out a flyer if that's how we got to do get work or business. And we've never had to. And so I don't know if that's like a silent thing between us and God. Like whenever he comes to the mound and goes, give me the ball, boys, I think that's when our time will be up. But we've never sent out any flyer in the mail to any church since 1996 that said, book the skit guys. He smiled on your work. He smiled on your dream. Absolutely. You can see it, right? And you don't have to sell yourself and you're not selling yourself. You're you're not even selling Jesus. You, you re- referenced it earlier with the kind of the triteness of what's wrong with you today? You need Jesus, you know, and, and then everything's better. And life just doesn't work that way. That's uh, some of the, the words I've heard from people who are outside of the church is like, the church doesn't have any understanding of what's going on in the world. It's just, it's just like drifting on its own axis. And we've got to do way better at connecting with, with real people, real situations, real problems. So thank you for breathing life into that and making real conversations. So you guys have absolutely had obstacles through the years. You've had frustrating moments. You've had moments where you're ready to quit. I'm sure you've talked about, okay, I can't do this anymore. Talk to me and and share with our audience a little bit about how did you keep moving forward anyway when those obstacles came up? What was it? Were there strategic things that you did that kept you powering forward anyway in spite of the obstacles? That's a great question. Once we started doing Skit Guys, um, we went through this period where Eddie, Eddie got married and he moved back to California to work. And every time we would do an event, almost every time there would be mm-hmm. something that would happen. And mm-hmm. like one time he's flying because what would happen is he'd fly to Dallas. I was living in Texas as a youth pastor at the time. He'd fly to Dallas. I'd meet up with him and then we'd go wherever we needed to go. And like it was the craziest stuff. Like there was one time that his flight was delayed and I'm boarding the plane and I see Eddie down the hallway running. And I say to the the person, the boarding agent, hey, there's my buddy right there. He's on his way. And she's like, it's too late. And I'm like, no, no, he's right there, you know. And she's like, it's too late, you know. And so I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm getting off too, you know. And so we missed that event. There was a time where a guy had a heart attack on the plane that he was on and like died and they had to land somewhere. I mean, it was like one thing after another where just event after event after event, we couldn't make it, you know. Storms would come in, you know. And it just seemed like, what are we doing? You know, listen, I don't have some great bit of wisdom, but we've said before, you know, do what you can with what you have, where you are and leave the results up to God. And so all we knew to do was to keep doing what we could where we were and then leave the results up to him. So we're not result people. I can't change anybody's life. I can't, generally speaking, accomplish anything that he doesn't, isn't a part of, you know? And so I think more than anything is we just, we kept doing what we thought we were supposed to do, no matter what the results ended up being, this is what we felt like, this is what we should do, you know? And so we kept on going. Ed, you may have something better to add to that. I, I don't mm-hmm. know any great nugget of wisdom to it. Jeff, I think when we were starting out, like we're still youth ministers and, and Skit Guys is a side hustle. We have no credits in the bank. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if a gig cancels, it's not like you can call up the pastor or the organization and go, hey, sorry I didn't miss the plane. Act of God. At least I'll get 10%. Like, you can't do that. You have no credits to say anything. You're just, you're just two guys that are really youth ministers. Um, so going back to California, talking about dreams, I remember going with my wife 
newly married, going back to Saddleback, and they ain't paying me. The whole gig is we have downloads. You can do skits for student ministry. You can do skits for big church. You can do skits for married people. You can do skits. We will make sure you do skits. You give us the scripts. We'll put them on this thing called downloads. And so I went out there on a wing and a prayer, no salary, but just the stuff Tommy and I had booked very as skit guys and with no credits. And so Tommy's right. That year of that dream, I cannot tell you, and it's never happened before, Jeff, there were so many gigs that did not happen and there was nothing to say but to get on a payphone and tell my wife I'm coming back and I got no money I got nothing to give and mm -hmm. there was there was no downloads <laughs> it was a beautiful sentiment yeah and I did I had scripts Jeff I had I had pieces of paper ready to get put into this world that would download and uh, there was nothing yet it was all so new. And so there was many 2 a.m.s going, God, did I hear you? Did I not mm -hmm. hear you right? Did I not? God, am I just supposed to be a youth minister? Nobody, this is such a crazy dream. Maybe maybe the world isn't ready for it. Maybe church is not ready for it. Maybe it was just, it was a really bad burrito and I, I'm going to be a youth minister and that's okay. And yeah. then a child minister and that's okay but i will say during that time rick wanted to skit and every time he said i just said yes and i think that's huge in dreams too you gotta mm -hmm. say yes you gotta say yes that's no matter true. if the bank account has 33 dollars and 77 cents in it and your, your your tank is on fumes and you don't know what you're gonna do there is a there is an objectivity of saying yes and rick was talking about ephesians 210 that we we're original masterpieces and we're all originals and i had nothing that saturday morning but i grabbed a hammer and a chisel out of my garage as i was leaving and i threw it in the car it really was this may be an option and i did that skit like in 1998-99 with yep. a girl and it was the first chisel skit and i remember going oh i remember the reaction um as this female was being chiseled on it was god talking to a woman and I just remember at Saddleback going, wow, there's something here. Mm. And, and you know what? That happened in 1997. Tommy and I would do it for another decade, and nobody would respond to that skit. Mm. It was the throwaway skit. And then we put it on a DVD, and it blew up and went viral 10 years later. So I just go, mm. every time I hear something about the chisel skit, I think of those moments of $33 in the, in the, in the, in the account riding on fumes, canceled gigs, and God's chisel came out of that. Um, and it had nothing to do with me because I was staying up till two in the morning going, did I not hear this dream right, God? And 10 years later, and still to this day, it's one of the most downloaded skits on our website. Um, and it has nothing to do with any of us. I, I just love that. That's a great story. And none of it would have happened if you would have said no. Ex yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And you kept saying yes, you kept doing it, even though it wasn't getting the results, because you had a you had a sense of calling, you had a sense of purpose that you weren't ready to let go. I in my dream accelerator, I talk about when when we run into barriers, it's really important to keep remembering our why and our who. And, you know, I, I work with people to help them articulate what wh what is their motivation? What's their why? What are their big whys behind their dream? And then the who's. I mean, I'm sure you guys think about the people that download that, the, the people that are being impacted when it's thrown up on a screen on a Sunday morning. And to you, maybe they're faceless because you don't know them personally, but I'm sure you've met enough people personally that have said that chisel, uh, God's chisel um, script was impactful for them. And it reminds you of your who, who are we doing this for? We're doing it for people that need to know that they're God's masterpiece. And um, it's the it's the why and the who that keep us keep us going. It's a great point. I love that story. Thanks for sharing it. So I'm really interested because we just had this experience last week, in fact, in our Dream Accelerator, where someone was wrestling with sharing their dream with another person in a partnership in an ongoing partnership and the person was not on the same page and they were feeling like 
that person was going to totally derail their dream. And what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? How do you handle partnerships? And you guys have been these best friends from high school and you've managed this, this dream of the skit guys as partners, right? How have you maintained your friendship through and your partnership through the, the building of the skit guys? It's actually a lengthy work release program. We have to work <laughs> together because of some poor choices in the past. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> it's a, hey, hey, nobody's no blame. Remember, no blame. No blame. I, I mean, the, the easy answer to that is the friendship comes first. Like, like it's, it's yeah. always been the friendship comes first. We actually just, you know, shameless plug. We just wrote a book together called Smells Like Bacon. Um, and it's about friendship. And it's it, how, do, how do you maintain the friendship and the partnership for 30 plus years, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, when you, you know, what do you do? I mean, the friendship comes first. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just at, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I don't think either one of us have come up with something and said, you know, this is more, if you, if you don't want to do this, then I'll find somebody else to do it with me. You know, it's this or, or it's nothing, you know, but I think also, we trust each other, you know? And so, you know, if one guy's really feels strong about something, I mean, I think the other guy's pretty good at going, okay, I don't see it right now, but I'll, I'll jump in. I'll trust you. You know, let's give it a shot. You know, we use this phrase of um, to Tommy's credit. And, and I call Tommy the 800 pound gorilla. Cause if he doesn't like something, I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to know it. If he's okay with it, usually I'll get, yeah, uh, sure. Fine. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm just that silverback that sits eating leaves. <laughs> yes. If the dynamic of our relationship, and, and Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I would say every August, every August, we would find ourselves on a gig, and it usually yeah. was the gig, and it was usually me that would go, hey, here's what I see over the next three years. Here's what I see over the next five years. Here's what I and see he, as we. When he says usually, Every time, there's not one time that I ever went, hey, let's talk about the future, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and, and so I would always, with that, it was usually after we went for a run and we we're just hanging out and I'd say, hey, here's what I see. And, and, and here's how, what I think, and here's what I think the next objectives or the next dream star, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? And it was either, it would be. Okay. Okay. Um, or it would be, I don't see that, or I don't think that. And, and what I loved about that was, oh, okay, well then I'm not going to force that. If, if my friend sees something there, then it would be what we would call <laughs> the tunnel of chaos. And I love the tunnel of chaos. The older I get, I do not like the tunnel of chaos, but I think our staff has grown used to the tunnel of chaos. Um, but we basically, you get to the, you get in the tunnel of chaos to get to the tunnel of love. Yeah. So you kind of get in that ugly goose, that ugly goose, which is the tunnel of chaos to get to the beautiful swan. So the tunnel of chaos is that friction, is that creative tension, is that this dream isn't aligning with that dream. But if we really feel a calling to this and on the same page and God hasn't said, give me the ball boys, then let's get in the goose and figure this out. Yeah, it's, it, I will probably never, ever bring up the tunnel of chaos because I am, you know, to, to my detriment, I will avoid the argument, you know, but the tunnel of chaos is, is so pertinent to our friendship that we literally have a book that's just, I, I think it's entitled, what is it like? Keep your hands and feet inside the goose at all times is like the name of the chapter. It's all just like, it's all, the whole chapter is dedicated to the tunnel of chaos because that has served our friendship so well. Whether I like it or not, um, it is something, it's the process you have to go to, as Eddie said, to get to the tunnel of love. And if, if you don't, if you don't go through the tunnel of chaos, then in essence, in your partnership, your friendship, however you look at it, you just build up resentment. Uh, because you haven't dealt with whatever it is that you need to deal with. So it's, yeah. it's painful to go through. It's difficult to go through and it is, it's worth it every time. Amen. And 
Tommy and I, and, and I would say this for all dynamic duos or relationships that are, that are, they really have a dream. Tommy said this one time, <laughs> I, I can't remember what it was, friend. Maybe it was that gig that was, we did at a rodeo and it was the most horrible gig ever. It was, Jeff, it was the most horrible gig ever. And my back is sweating because I'm not really an actor. I'm more of a director. I'm reading the audience and I can tell no one's listening to us. We, we, so open, I, we open with our first skit that is always a home run. It was the skit. If you didn't know who we were, we'd win you with this skit. And we open with this skit and it just failure just flops the setting we were in a giant rodeo in mesquite texas we, you know we, the mayor introduces us we'd said hey just don't say we're the funniest guys in the world because we're not and he goes hey here's the funniest guys in the world skit boys you know and steps <laughs> off the stage the it skit was, boys. yeah so we so i'll let you pick up eddie but we finished the first skit it's a disaster we know we're we're gonna limp away from this event and so and and i like i said Tommy's the actor. He doesn't care what the audience is thinking. I am, my back is sweating. My, my codependency is coming out. Like I'm, ah, I'm just frailing. I, I'm in the boat already. Fast forward to the tape going, this is going to be bad. And so I threw up, it wasn't in the set, but I threw up a monologue for Tommy to do. And so like I threw a curveball, like I'm sitting down. And so Tommy does the monologue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> We're still not grabbing the audience. Oh, so go yeah. back up. I throw up another monologue. I I totally abandoned my friend in that moment. And within the dreams, within what we're doing, within the paid obligation, I abandoned my friend as I look back on that moment because of mm. my insecurity. But Tommy, tell them what you said at that moment yes. after we were done with that gig driving away. Uh, I don't know what I say. Ne we'll never do that oh, again. We'll yeah, never oh, well, basically, yeah, don't ever do it. We, we don't leave a man behind. Like, like you just don't do that. You always have each other's back, you know? Yeah. You, you don't, you know, and, and God bless Eddie. He wasn't trying to throw me to the wolves. He was just in panic mode going, okay, I don't know what to do here, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was that conversation. And in your friendships, in your partnership, there has to be occasionally that time where you just stop and you go, hey, okay, th this is going to keep going. It's not a if. Don't use that if this is still gonna work out. Like, that's horrible. No, it's gonna work out. Yeah. But, but here's what I need from you. I need you never to leave me alone in a rodeo ever again. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you know, you find those things and go, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, you yeah. can always, no matter what gig it is, no matter where, no matter if we're shaking hands and taking pictures till 1 a.m. And if someone sidles one of us, and that's fine. I mean, like, again, I was on gas fumes and $33 in, in the account. I'll stay till two in the morning if people want to shake hands and talk and tell us the stories like that's too much is given much as you know expected, mm. but I would never leave Tommy by himself and he would never leave me by myself like to this day. We stab each other in the front if we got to talk about something we get in the mm. goose we never talk about each other behind each other's back we never it, it's like and I think those are crucial to dreams and dynamic duos and ensembles and, and friendships as they go after things when money and business and dreams are all involved. Yeah, and I love your fierce commitment to the dream. It's not if, it's we're gonna do this, it's gonna work, but this can't happen and again, this this has to change. Um, and I, I, love, I love the acknowledgement of when you, when you do something wrong, you know, in the church we call that repentance and forgiveness, you know, but to be able to say to a buddy, you know, I really, I really left you out to dry there. No one gets left behind in a rodeo again. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. So I find that dreams, um, a lot of times in the genesis of a dream, a spark of a new creation, a new idea, a lot of times comes from a, a gap of something that someone observes that's not right, that they know they can do something about. Like a dream solves a problem. So what's the problem that the skit guys solves? I, I think it's changed over the years, to be honest with you. I, I think that, you know, the, the problem that we began solving was, you know, how can you use humor um, with student ministry? You mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's really where we started and we cut our teeth there. And, 
And then again, Eddie's between the two of us, Eddie's the dreamer and I'm, I'm grateful for his dreams. You know, um, I would spend the rest of my life on the back porch with my dogs and be happy as a clam. You know, uh, he gets mm-hmm. me out of there and we go do things, you know? Um, but, I, but he had the dream of, you know, big church needs this too. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just student ministry that needs this. And so there was a gap and at that point, he'd already written a couple of books with Doug Fields on how to use uh, movie clips uh, in in your teaching. But but now it was like, okay, well, not movie clips. What if we make the clips? Like, what what if they're tailor made for church? You know. And so so we were we're filling that gap. And and then what we realized as we traveled for our traveling ministry was, you know, not just how can we encourage student ministries, but how can we encourage the entire church? Because there's a great need for that. And so we'll go do a show and there's, you know, eight-year-olds and there's 80-year-olds, you know, and every age in between and go, how do you continue to encourage the church? And I think where our ministry has started moving is not just how do you encourage the corporate church, but how do you encourage the body of Christ even outside of the church, how do you encourage families? And, mm-hmm. and that's, I would say there's a great gap, um, you know, used to, you could count on Disney to fill that gap, you know, and you had these great family movies, the apple dumpling gang and all these Herbie love bug movies, you know, and everybody went out, you know, there's no place to go. You're either watching a cartoon or you're lowering your standards for your kids to go watch a movie that maybe is too violent or has cuss words in it. You don't want. So now we've moved into that, where we see there's a real gap, a great need for entertainment for the whole family, you know, which is why we, you know, we moved to filming a movie and we're moving in that direction. So I, I think that's the gaps that we kind of, we look for them and I think jump in there, Ed. Two things come to mind. Um, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus and I, and I was told that I need to go to a Sunday night church. I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss the Jeffersons and Trevor John MD. So this better be good, Jeff. This better be worth the Jeffersons because that's Jesus what I'm giving used, up. Jesus, for just for, if you didn't know, Jesus used to want you to go to church on Sunday night also. He's since right. changed his mind. He also wanted <laughs> you to wear a suit. He's changed his mind about that. Just oh, so. yeah, wow. yes. Okay. And for those <laughs> of you who are listening, you don't know who the Jeffersons are. Uh, <laughs> you can Google them. All right. <laughs> Sorry. But my parents were not believers, so I would have to ride my bike to church. And so that was a big deal. Like, if I'm going to go to church and I'm going to say yes to all this, then, okay, I'm going to go ride my bike because my parents aren't going to take me. Um, and I don't mean, I don't mean I'm not being nefarious towards my parents. That's just the way it was. Um, they didn't buy into the whole church stuff. And so if this is something you want to do, you're going to do it on your own. Um, so I remember sitting in the very back and um, someone, this is like 1987 or 88, and someone sang a solo and it was really good. And so I started clapping. Everybody started clapping. I still remember this moment in church, Sunday night church, everyone's clapping. And, and the egotistical high schooler I am, I'm going, I started that. I started, that. I did That's that. Probably the first time that church ever clapped. Good job. That's what happened, Jeff. The pastor got up, didn't, I'm all new to Christianity. The pastor got up and went, we do not clap in the house of God. And, and I'm in the very, very back. And I'm, I'm serious. This is what I see. I just see, I just see, I just see all these shoulders slump. And I'm, and now my codependency is kicking in going, oh no, I started that. I feel bad. Mm. And, and, and he goes, amen. And the crowd, no joke, no exaggeration went, amen. And he goes, I said, amen. And they all went, amen. And then I really sat back there going, I don't know if I can be a Christian. I don't know if I can do this, you know, um, knowing what the skid books look like. And now we, we can't clap. I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I, I think for me, what is that hole? It, it's, I think I've always chased after that kid that goes, I don't belong here. I don't know if I can do this. And, and hopefully with laughter and with saying some of the things that maybe nobody is saying, but we can say it in a way to where the pastor, because ultimately if someone downloads a video at church, they got to trust us. So we never, we, there's integrity there. We never want to demolish anything that the pastor has built. That's so huge. And with that, not a but, but, and with that, maybe we could say it a different way that helps the pastor 
to keep that message moving. And it helps a person in the audience go, oh, wow, I, I've never heard it like that before. And it all just kind of works together. So I, I think I'm always chasing after that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's really good. I This year, I, I try to adopt a slogan each new year to kind of uh, help me focus on an area of my life where I know I need some help. I need some encouragement. And this year it's childlike joy. Mm. And so I've just been randomly posting on my Facebook thread, both my business one and my personal one, examples of childlike joy. And just, it's catching. Like people are sending me clips now of different videos saying, here's a childlike joy one for you, Jeff. And I'm like, how cool is that? And yet I'm like, wow, this is really needed. This is really necessary in the church space. Uh, we carry so much weight sometimes and obligation and, and man, we're supposed to be the freest people on the planet. So I love that part of your story. Um, I think that's a huge gap to keep pursuing. So thank you for doing that. So a couple last things as you're sitting here and you're realizing that perhaps this uh, podcast will go out to tens of people uh, <laughs> uh, and, but tens of people that may have a dream and may have something that they've thought about for a while and have been maybe reluctant to pursue, maybe afraid, maybe they're willing to admit they're afraid, but certainly reluctant and they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, but they know they have something that they think might benefit some who's out in the world. Um, what would you like to say to them today? I would just encourage them to, you to, um, I think you owe it to yourself. If you feel like it's the calling, if you feel like there's a vision there, if it's the thing that keeps you up at night. Um, uh, I remember the last episode of Roseanne back in the 2000s, I guess, before it got rebooted and then got changed. But um, they had a quote on the very end of that. And I was in my early 30s and it said, Dreams happen while other people are dreaming. And that has just changed me. Um, dreams happen when people are sleeping, when people are dreaming and sans ease, like the dream is never gonna be easiest for when it first starts out. You are up at two in the morning, you've done your full-time job and you put the kids to bed and then you're writing that book. Then you're working on this dream. And, and if that excites you, dreams happen while other people are dreaming, go after it. There's a reason why a lot of people don't go after dreams because it's just easier to sleep. But if God has put something in your heart, mm -hmm. go after it. You owe it to the future five-year-old, five-year self of your of 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. You got it, you gotta at least try to see what God's gonna do with it. That, that's that's what I would encourage. That's a good it. word, Ed. You've shared that with me before. I didn't know it was from Roseanne. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I would also say, like, if dreams are a gift from God, then don't stop talking to him about them. Um, you know, sometimes we have this vision and this dream. And while we must do our due diligence, we sometimes forget that it happens because of him. And, you know, Eddie was, you know, one of the things that happened with our movie was we constantly prayed about it. And Eddie eventually sacrificed it to God and said, okay, if you want us to make a movie, you're going to have to send the people. And it was literally the next day, wasn't it, Eddie? You know? It was, it was that morning, friend. Oh, like that, I, okay, so it was that morning that you prayed that. And then later that day, yeah, later that day, he gets an email from somebody who says, hey, have you guys ever thought about making a movie? You know, and, and that person would connect us with, you know, um, one of the people that we ended up making the movie with, you know? And, um, so yeah, don't, don't stop talking to God about it. You know, even, even with this dream of a movie that we have, you know, we have a group of people that gather every Wednesday and they pray about it, you know, because it's not, what can we do with it? It's what can he do with it? And, and I think with every one of our dreams, it's not, what can I do with it? But what can God do with it? That's such an important reminder. Both those points, you guys, thank you so much. Tommy, let me just say that was such a word of encouragement to me. Because uh, in the pursuit of a dream, there's grinding and there's working and there's planning and there's mm -hmm. writing and there's uh, all the things that it takes to make it happen, right? It's hard work. And I recently have hit this patch of discouragement mm -hmm. 
like um, relaunched the Dream Accelerator after the pandemic basically shut it down. And I've just been feeling so kind of blue, kind of down. And I, I think I just realized it's because I haven't been, I haven't really been talking to God about the dream. Mm. I've been doing it on my own. I've been working hard and trying to labor through it. And man, he's right there. Just talk to him about it. Like, like have a conversation with him. And I think you guys do such a great job of that with your skits. You know, it's just like, here's God talking to you. Um, I think the one I got in my email today again was you were talking about the serenity prayer and you have, I think it was, is Eddie on Tommy's talking yeah, Eddie, the serenity Eddie, prayer and, and Ed, you're, you're God and just saying, Hey, stop here. Stop a second. Think about what you just said. And um, yeah, well, just, Jeff, Jeff I want to encourage you daily grind. Oh. You're not alone. No. Please know you're not alone. You know, I Ed and I have talked. I mean, I've I've had the most consistent time with God over the past year, not because I'm a great spiritual guy, but because every morning I get out of bed in a hole. And to get out of that hole, I have to spend time with him, you know? Yeah. And it'd be awesome, you know, I don't want to set up you know, anybody's false hopes. It'd be awesome if I could say, and after every time I have a quiet time with the Lord, life is great. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, right. sometimes life is still crappy, but it, it reminds me that there's somebody else in charge and, you know, and that I'm not alone, you know? So man, Jeff, I'm, I'm right there with you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, my youth director would kill me if I don't ask this question. How do you guys stay fresh with content? How do you, through all the years and all the skit writing and all of the onstage stuff and the impromptu stuff, how do you stay fresh both in content and in your friendship? How do you do it? I put two pieces of salami in my shoes every day. <laughs> uh, that's a great, I, I, I think, you know, Eddie, I, w I don't know what you would say. I think probably the fear of getting stale is what keeps us fresh. I mean, you know, you, you, we know we have a shelf life. We're just trying to be, you know, if we can have the shelf life of a Twinkie, we've made it, you know. Yeah, there's something pretty crazy, Jeff, especially in the Christian world. Um, uh, like I saw a, a, a GIF or an Instagram, that, and it, I don't know who it was from, but it said a, uh, a new Christian starter pack. And it had like a Maxwell book. It had the skit guys. It had like, and I'm like, oh my. Oh, oh no. My. Oh no. Um, the starter pack. <laughs> you, but then I'm reading the comments because, you know, you're just, you're kind of curious of how we got on there. But there's so many students that have gone, oh, I'm so glad you put the skit guys. I remember them. I remember them. And then like we started doing this thing called bedtime Bible stories during the pandemic where it really was just, we're going to, and, and what's so crazy, Jeff, if you ever watch it, it really is, it really is us just doing what we did in high school. I mean, back in the 80s, getting up on a Wednesday night in youth group, it just makes me kind of cry because all we were doing and we're still doing is just to try to bring some hope to families during the pandemic. But if you watch that, you're watching 50-year-old men doing what we did in high school. There is no script. It is us looking at the Bible going, okay, 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 here we go, boom. And I think that stuff keeps you fresh. And then, like, then you have adults go, oh, my gosh. And here's what's crazy. We're still here, but people just grow up, and they're going, you're still doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're still here. But then I remember those guys from way back when. <laughs> I remember you in my starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> but wait. Uh, but then they have four-year-olds and seven-year-olds that are watching every bit of content that we have. And then there's emailing us going, you help me. And now you're helping my kid. And, and you look at those things and you go, I think that's what tries to keep us fresh. Yeah. Um, the older we get, we can tend to get cheesy. And I think that's always that fear in my head to go, how, how do you stay relevant? Um, and, and cause let's face it in the Christian world, we could probably be doing this till we're 80. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and so there is that thing of just trying to go, how can we, yeah, keep the salami in our shoes and still be relevant and funny and still make a point. Yeah. I have this, uh, participant in the current dream accelerator. She's trying to, her dream is to write Christian fiction that doesn't suck. Great. There you go. Yep. Please, there you go. Please do. That's please real do. and raw, you know, yeah. and it doesn't just have a happy ending. And I'm like, we need it. 
we need it in yeah. a space. So you go. Yep. Get it Amen. In. I love it. Um, guys, thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just says a lot about you. You're really, really busy to take time with little old me in this podcast to encourage the tens of people that are going to listen. I really, really appreciate it. Um, how can people find out more about who you are? I mean, obviously there's the website skitguys.com, right? Or is yeah. it the skitguys.com? Just skitguys. Just skitguys. Skitguys.com. Um, yeah, that's a great place to go. Where else? Do you have Instagram accounts or can they follow you on Facebook or what would you yeah. suggest? If you if you go to skitguys.com slash SGTV, um, that's, a, a, that's a part of our website we created just for families. It's all a bunch of videos that everybody can just sit and watch and have a good time. I mean, I'd encourage people to go there. We've got, yeah, we've got Facebook, Instagram, I think Snapchat, not Snapchat. We do yeah, TikTok we got videos. Um, yeah. yeah, so I would encourage people to uh, just um, you find bedtime Bible stories. It's a great family thing. It's uh, we really do try to honor this younger generation. I mean, we have grandma, we have grandparents watching it. They they have no grandkids with them as well. Um, but we're really watching little kids use their creative best for God and take chances and figure out how their voice matters. It's a really beautiful. It's really beautiful of what yeah. Bedtime Bob Stories has become. Uh, and thanks to Caleb, it's shown all over the world. It's, it's really amazing doing the possible, allowing God to do the impossible. Awesome. Well, you guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you for joining me. You're a real blessing to me today. And I know when this goes live in August, it's going to be a real blessing to many people who are chasing after their dreams. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us today for another episode of Stop Doubting Your Dream. I hope you're encouraged. I sure was. In times like these, these uncertain times, the words of Tommy and Eddie resound. Do what you can with what you have, where you are, and leave the results up to God. And so, they said, we kept going. We kept doing what we knew we were supposed to do. Even in the early days, they would describe their dream as a beautiful sentiment. But there was nothing yet. It was all so new, so we just needed to keep saying yes. If you need a good laugh to lighten your spirit and get reinvigorated for your journey, be sure to check out their website, skitguys.com. If you like the show today, share this episode with a friend. They might be encouraged as well. Next week, I will share a simple little exercise that can help you change your perspective when it's needed so that you can shake off that perspective that is keeping you stuck doubting your dream and break through the sloth and take bold steps forward. Remember, the journey towards your dream begins today. Take action with a single step.